Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm your other host, Matthew Rodriguez. And today, my, my glasses just fell off my face. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just fell off my face. Um, today we have three very special guests with us. We have the co-host of the podcast, Richie Rich and the West of Her Show. Hey everybody, it's me, Wes Ferguson. Yay. We have writer, critic, and fairy gay mother. Dana Pickley. And actress slash model. Paul Weinberg. Yay. Yay. And we're all here to discuss a very important topic. Um, we're here to discuss the Buffy reboot. Yay. Everyone yeah. say yay or Whatever you're going to do. Um, I mean, so we don't, we're not here to discuss an episode as we usually are. So let's just jump right into it, I guess. <laughs> you guess. And say, well, also because everyone's been on the show before, so there's no need for a Buffy origin either. Yeah. Um, so, okay, this news breaks Friday. It was Friday at like, in, in, in LA, it was like Friday afternoon. So it must've been Friday evening for yeah. East Coast people. So initial reactions, let's start with Ian. All right. Um, your first thoughts, just like your first um, initial thought. My first thought, like immediately I tweeted, a Buffy reboot, reboot is the exact fucking opposite of something I want. Was my initial thought. Dana, what was your initial first thought? Uh, utter confusion slash bewilderment slash maybe excitement. <laughs> okay. Uh, Paul? Um, I was like, huh, that could be cool. <laughs> Wes my initial thought because they said it was a reboot and since they're doing a charmed reboot by casting all new people I thought no and I don't want this I'm definitely, <laughs> with, I'm definitely with Ian on it but then we sort of all, but then we learned as the weekend has progressed that it's not, they're not, not starting the whole thing over well I don't know. So that was that's where I'm a little confused because, like, Hollywood Reporter said that a new actress was stepping into the shoes of Buffy, but then other reports have said that it's a continuation of the series. Right. So that's where I'm like, because then I feel bad because then if it's a continuation of the series, I'm honestly a hundred percent on board. Um, and then like I'm like, oh, I had a tweet thread where I was that grumpy old man saying don't reboot a show, make a continuation. Um, and maybe I was totally wrong. So let's take a step back for a second. Obviously, I think Buffy has been before the announcement came. It's kind of like a, we knew it was coming thing. Obviously we're in yeah. the middle of like reboot and revival fever and a lot of things, whether they be sitcoms like Will and Grace or Roseanne or Charmed are getting a lot of '90s properties are kind of getting the reboot treatment, and I just want to know like what your feelings are on reboots and revivals in general. If you have like a theory or a philosophy about them that you espouse, Dana, I think they're lazy. Um, I think they're super lazy. I feel the same way about Broadway shows that are like jukebox musicals. I feel that it's easy and it's a way to make, to cash in on an already existing audience. And I think that it makes us uh, so much more unoriginal. Um, Wes, what, what about you? 
for myself, being such a, a super fan, I love it when it is the original people involved, you know, like the Will and Grace um, reboot. But it wasn't a reboot. It was just, yeah, they just brought them back. So, was, so I think, yeah, I feel like so I the think... wrong terminology is being used now instead of spinoff or reboot or whatever. Like, I don't know. I feel as though, like when I see the original cast members come back, even though I wasn't a huge Will and Grace fan to begin with, like the fans love them and they'd love to, to have them back. And the same with even the X-Files, like I which I did watch and I didn't find that to be so great. But if it had been a completely different Scully and Mulder, I would never have even thought about watching it. Well, so, so I, yeah, I, this might be a good time because Ian and I were talking about this and maybe it's like useful for us in the conversation to lay out some like vocabulary words or something because, <laughs> well, Ian and I had talked about like what's the difference between a reboot and a revival. And I think what you mm-hmm. were talking about with X-Files and Will and Grace was a revival because the yes. series was canceled and they brought it back with the same characters mm-hmm. versus Charmed, which is getting rebooted with different sisters and a different cast. But see, yes. and it, but the thing is, there have been mixed reportings, and like people still call, like I mean, a lot of news outlets still call Will and Grace a reboot. They even called Rosanna reboot, and like none of to me those words that's incorrect. Uh, and so that's where I'm like, that's where I still hold out hope for this because because I've seen a lot of outlets use reboot when they mean a revival. I'm like maybe, and because of the wording of some reports saying it's a continuation, I'm like. That is something I would love. I do not want to start over. I don't know. So I I guess at this point, I'm like, I need to hear more. Because I even saw, like, uh, I think Nicholas Brendan and Emma Caulfield were tweeting about it. And Anthony Stewart Head had said, it seems like it's a continuation of the series. And, you know, if Joss is on board, then it'll be great. So I don't... And, you know, clearly the these actors don't know one way or the other. Uh, repeating myself again, but I feel like that's really... That's important and while the vocabulary words, you're correct, Matthew, I feel like a lot of places don't use those words correctly. Does that make sense? Mm-mm. Well, I don't yeah. think that they're correct or incorrect. I'm just saying that within the world building of this universe of this podcast, we're going to use those terms to make that. <laughs> okay, yeah. We're going to use them correctly. <laughs> yes, thank you. So we're not making a, a, a large judgment on the words in general, but just know that when we talk about it here and for the listeners, like we'll, that's how we'll try to use them, okay. like reboot the, the revival. Mm-hmm. Um, can, I'm sorry, can I just jump in? And since I'm the, I think I'm the only lady voice on here, you probably yes. know which one of us this is. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? Who's talking? <laughs> I just, I watch so many amazingly talented people, especially in my, in my like queer you know community these incredibly talented amazing people with so many interesting fresh ideas for things and it frustrates me when we just keep making the same things over and over again when there's so much out there that is is brand new i i uh sorry uh this is Wes. you go ahead Wes. (laughs) i totally agree with what you're saying both with the laziness and with the there's so much else out there but I think what we see is that people aren't really willing to give new things a chance. Like, they always say, oh, I wish there was fresh new stuff out there. And then when, when the, there is a show or a movie that comes out, nobody goes to see it because they're like, I don't know what that is. So there's sort of this push-pull to that as well. Audiences are a little more, they lean towards what they know. 
you know. Well, so I, I haven't really made too many comments yet, and there's a few threads that I want to pull together and say that I think that, so overall, I'm actually a fan, whether it's a reboot or a revival, but if it were a reboot with a, with a you know, different cast, even if they were playing the same characters, honestly, like, if it was still Buffy, I'd be fine. I feel like for some reason I am someone who, like, okay, to the point that you were making, Dana, about, like, how there can be new stories, like, I also think that there is value in going back to something that was told and, like, retelling it with, the, like, with new knowledge or with new eyes because, like, I'm also someone who thinks that, like, there's not, like, even some new ideas are just, like, the same ideas over and over. Like, a new show can just be, it's, like, it's like how saying all plots are just like man goes on a journey or person goes on a journey and, or a person like a stranger comes to town like that kind of thing like a lot of plots are similar anyway and yes there's sometimes there's fresh new ideas but i also like the idea of like getting new creative teams onto an old property and so that's one of the things that attracts me about the buffy reboot knowing that like it's going to have one of the few black female showrunners on tv like, it's, it's going to be the showrunner, like, a black woman, right? And then knowing that that voice probably was not in the room for Buffy the first time. So how can we benefit from having this story have a black slayer and also black women behind it? And then maybe get... I know there was one gay writer in the Buffy room, but maybe there can be room for more, right? So I think it's nice to... So it's like you you were talking about how many queer creators they are. I agree with you, but also I think that it might be nice to like have those creatives have their own shot at like a beloved property and then also with reboot mania it's just like it's funny because we live in the age of content where like it seems like every single website is pivoting to like making original series now and there's so much content that like i think the big networks have had to make safe bets where they're just like oh well, we know 18 million people will tune in to watch roseanne so we're going to reboot mm-hmm. roseanne instead of taking a shot with like a fresh off the boat or something because um, there's so much competition for the eyes now because of Netflix and stuff like that. And it was really interesting the point that you made, Dana, about musicals too, because sometimes I I like roll my eyes when I see that there's like a revival of like Damn Yankees or some like <laughs> silly musical from a long time ago. And I'm just like, what does this have to say to the world? Like, why do we need to hear carousel right now but sometimes there are universal themes that come out of an old piece of something that you can still do something interesting with but you have to be willing to like play it up like i'm someone who's just like we don't need another revival of west side story but if you were to put like latinx talent behind it then i'd be like yeah it would be great if this was told from like a latinx point of view or whatever but like they're reviving west side story and it's just like a a bunch of white men making it again you know Right. No, and I, you know what, I, I agree with you. We're, 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 we're on the same team on this. I, and I'm not, I don't mean to say it's, it isn't a black and white issue. And we're, I'm sure we're going to get into more of this because, like, I am ride or die with Monica on this. Like, I'm super excited about her being in charge. My issue with this whole reboot has nothing to do with what we're, or sorry, a revival or whatever it ends up being, it has nothing to do with her. It has all to do with Joss. So I think I just want to say because I'm in the minority of people who likes reboots and revivals, obviously in the minority in this group, um, mostly because I think people who I totally agree with 
why are we rehashing things when there are new ideas and new things, blah, blah, blah. But Buffy's a superhero, first of all. And if you look at something like Superman, there have been how many iterations of Superman over the years. And I like that it's new for each new generation. And Buffy hasn't been on air for 15 years. And for a lot of people, it will be new, especially for, I watched it when I was a teenager and I was going through puberty and like, I would love for there to be a new modern take on Buffy for kids who are the same age that I was when I started watching it. Also, when I like, so I love Sailor Moon um, and there's, they did a reboot of it called Sailor Moon Crystal where it's the same thing, same story, same characters, except it's um, more dramatic and less cartoonish essentially. And a lot of people hate it because they love the original so much and there's nostalgia. But I love it because it's all the same things from a completely different point of view. And you're able to, for me at least, I'm able to separate the two things. Like, it's not the same Sailor Moon, but it's telling the same story. And no matter what, it has the same themes uh, and the same things that are important. And so I think Buffy which has this entire universe around it has more stories to tell. And so I think a revival would be amazing, but I even think if they told, if they did a reboot and told the same story, but made Buffy black, I mean, that's just not the same story. It changes everything about it. I mean, an affluent white girl is, has almost nothing in common with, with, (laughs) Uh, a black girl and what that would change for how she deals with her family, how she deals with her home life, how she deals with school, how she deals with balancing things, how she makes friends. I mean, what I would really, as much as I would like a revival where, Hey, it's cool. Like let's make Willow the new watcher. Um, I would also love to see like a reboot where it's Buffy mirrored. Like, Maybe Buffy has a crush on Xander, except, oh, no, he's gay. And, like, everyone's black. And she lives with her dad, and it's a single father. And they, and, she, and her father has a... Uh, with Will, you know, I just think there's a lot to explore within Buffy that would be new. So I wanted to point out, before we move on, um, so, like, our regular guest, Kirsten White, um, who is writing the Slayer novel that's coming out in January, she she told us she had to make sure her novel was in canon. You know, she, like, read all the trades of the comics and all that to make sure it was in canon. So it's weird that after, like, they haven't even released her novels yet, and they're already like, meh, the canon doesn't matter. Um, so it's weird because I, I always thought that idea... Like, because the novel's about just a Slayer in today's, like, right now. A Slayer that's a teenager who lives in, you know, 2017 or 2018 or 2019, whatever. And I always thought that would work really well. Let's go, let's dive into that. Because I think the point that you just brought up is really important about, like, whether this is still Buffy or not. But the Buffy, um, you know, being a black woman, I think is mm-hmm. a really important point that, like, it, it is impossible to tell the same story. Right of Buffy being black and I thought the par- I had never thought about it like that but the parallel you drew of just like how many Batmans are there how many Robins are there how many uh-huh. different you know so 
even if even though Buffy is someone's name and it's not the title, the title is Slayer, like does having a different Buffy water down the other Buffy Summers? Like what if she's Buffy Winters? You know, like who knows? <laughs> That's my poor name. <laughs> Buffy Winters. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Wes, do you want to do you want to take that? Like, what do you think that ha- changing Buffy's race will bring to the show? And do you think that's good change? Oh yeah, I think it it'll bring a lot of interesting change to the show. And I, I'm I'm I guess want to reiterate that for me, like a revival where they are continuing and moving on, I'm loving that because that does mean we can see the old characters that we know and love and are still part, like everything that we know still exists. I think that's my main problem with a reboot is that it essentially makes everything that we knew and loved, like that was just the old story. And now this is, you know what I mean? It it just, I like that this is going to be a revival that we could see some of our favorite characters coming back, but to more to your point and allowing the story of the Slayer to um, A, be set in a time where I think we're a lot more mindful of um, diversity in this country and all that. I think having a a Slayer have a very different point of view would open it up to so many new um, fans. It was interesting because I was thinking about like the original metaphors of the show and like high school is hell. But I was also thinking about like how and then I was thinking about like how difficult it is to be black in America. And like if the show could cut like talk about those themes, like it will it be like a show that's actively talking about like Black Lives Matter while also fighting vampires. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I think that would be really interesting. So I wanted to point out um I've seen, I don't know if any of you follow her on Twitter, um, Angelica Jade was tweeting that she felt, I don't know, I, I'm i torn about this. I saw her tweeting, she had a thread about how, she, as a black woman, she didn't want to have to play catch up to like something that already had its own hero, and she felt like she wanted a black woman to have her own hero and not be playing second fiddle to Sarah Michelle Gellar's Buffy. Um, and I thought, I've been thinking about that a lot, because I thought that was a really good point. Um, and I could, I could kind of see where she's coming from with that. Uh, like she would prefer it to be a new Slayer. That way that character has their own standalone. No one's comparing her. No, I mean, people would still would, but you know, then it's not like, oh, but on the original Buffy, they did this. And, you know, and I, I, I thought that that was like, I don't know, like something that I, that hadn't even occurred to me until I saw her thread. Um, and then, of course, she was saying that she had people coming into her mentions to explain Buffy to her, which I also did when I tweeted about this. I had a, I had a someone, a random egg, tweet at me, um, well, Buffy was the best show, so clearly you must be a teenager. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what they're talking about, but thank you for calling me a teenager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so... One of the things that I thought about as well was, um, so I'm actually not a fan of, I didn't talk about this before, but I'm not a fan of revivals. Like, I'm not a fan of the Will and Grace revival. I actually have this weird kind of Jeff Goldblum and Jurassic Park ideology that, like, they had their shot and then they went extinct and, like, let those characters die. (laughs) But life 
finds a way. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think a revival would be cool if it was essentially a new cast with like some trickling in yes. of the old. Yes. The old show. Not yes. like. Yeah, so that's my question. I'd love to hear people talk about like if there is presence of the old cast, like what do you do you want it to be like one person who comes? comes back and is kind of like like you someone said willow being a watcher or in the comics xander's a watcher so xander could be a watcher but like would we want a character to come back full time or just every once in a while i think for me like what makes the most sense and i had like a whole fantasy as i was driving home thinking about this knowing that i was going to be talking about this is like never made sense to me that xander would become a watcher because he's not that bright so it makes more sense to me that Willow becomes a watcher. I think it would be cool to have a female watcher versus a male watcher on the show if we're doing a revival. Like, to kind of just... I like the idea of flipping what we had on its head. Um, so I think a lot of that works. So And also I think that Allison Hannigan is the most viable actor to bring back to the show in terms of, like, she's been on... Not only Buffy, but then the was on one of the biggest hit TV shows that wasn't good, but was still a hit TV show <laughs> out of like the last twenty years. And um, I follow this guy on Instagram, and he was doing this thing in his stories of um, sort of like a like a a bracket of Buffy characters. And it, the, the the two characters it came down to was Buffy and Willow. So for me, I think from an audience standpoint, like she would probably be the one that's other than Buffy the most exciting to see regularly. But d- there's a part of me though that thinks maybe it's too predictable that I she see. would. And you know who I think would be a fantastic watcher. Dawn. Dana, I knew you were going to say Dawn. That's what I was thinking, and we're always on the same page. Because <laughs> I agree. Michelle Trachtenberg would t- totally come back, too. Yeah, she would. She would be fantastic. She's been through it. She gets it. She's mystical. She's, you know, she always wanted to be a part of that world, but she yeah. doesn't have the gift. But she, she's so gift-adjacent. Yeah. Yeah, to Chase. <laughs> um, I love that. Well, you know what's really interesting about the reboot revival talk is how is whether the show will respect the previous show because if you really want to go canon, it's like the show ended by exploding its own mythology, right? The very first episode of the show was one girl in all the world, and then we ended Ooh. with, well, all the girls in the world. <laughs> so being a slayer by definition in that universe would be very different and i actually feel like the reason i don't want it to be a continuation is because i think it's less interesting to have a show about a slayer if there could be like another slayer in her own high school class you know like if there i love that idea but there were a couple there were more than one slayer in buffy several times they had more. well no but i think that the show the show brought 
that Slayer in, like, in season three, and I mean, and in season two, obviously, but yeah. it really stood good effect in season three, that the whole mythology that it started with is, like, one girl in all the world, and yeah. I don't know if it would have the same impact if you started from the premise, from the premise of, like, well, there's actually thousands of Slayers. I mean, I guess you could, but I, I don't know, I guess it would feel to me a little different, because so much of the show is about, like, the loneliness and I mean, that's actually, I think it feels so queer is like her feeling like when we're coming out and like, we're not sure if there's anyone else else like, like us in the world. And then she meets one and they fall in love, like with Faith. <laughs> oh, but I mean, I feel like you could still do that, even if there are, you know, thousands. Yeah. I mean, there's thousands of gay people and we still feel lonely as shit in high school. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. It could be a cool Absolutely. There is another player. Right. Imagine them on the lacrosse field, and suddenly <laughs> they bash into each other, and they realize they're both slayers. They're on different teams. They would go to different schools. Da -da. Yeah, I think you could or like I love it. See, and the like being in the closet thing. But I also agree with you, Matthew, that like it is one of the things that makes it that makes Buffy herself the character special is that like she's the only one. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what, I mean, even though season seven was very boring, there was a lot of talking about what it meant to be, like, the one slayer and that whole speech about Anya being like, well, you're just luckier than than, than us, you're not better. Yeah. So what I'm just saying is that, like, the concept, even though they obviously walked back on it as early as season two, it yeah. is kind of, like, fundamental to the mythology. So I'm just saying yeah. that it would be, I think the psychology of being a slayer would be very different. So I don't even know if it would be bad. It might be very interesting to, like, what would it mean to be a slayer to know that you're also not special? Because Buffy had the whole, in conversations with dead people, the vampire was like, you have a superiority complex and an inferiority complex because of it. So the psychology of just being the slayer would, would kind of radically, fundamentally shift. Yeah, and I think it would also, just storytelling-wise, be cool to, like, have a, a girl who's on the lookout for people who are like her. Like, I think that mirrors queers. Or queer oh, yeah. Well. Uh, absolutely. It becomes, like, a secret club. Um, yeah. You know, there's and this, it's like, this you small, have, special oh, group. Oh, we got Sladar. <laughs> oh, my God. So... Oh. Shut no! <laughs> over. I'm done. I'm logging off. So Dana, do you Later. read the comics? I forget. Um, I haven't for the last bit, but I did catch up. Um, uh, like with the the first season after the end, uh, I basically know what's happening. Okay, so I I feel like then you'll know. You know, like Billy, the like gay vampire slayer they added. Yes, I know about him. Okay, yeah. so I actually and the fans were like. I mean, you know, it's like the Buffy fans, and then it's like decimated in half as the Buffy fans that actually read the comics. But I feel like the other fans that I know who read the comics really hated that arc. I fucking loved that arc. So they had an arc in the comics where there's this queer Latino teen. His name is Billy. And he is basically almost like, I don't know, I feel like he's like us. He's like, he loves sl vampire slayers. Mm. And his arc is that the guy who's like, he thinks the guy's straight that he's in love with in high school. They fall in love. That guy takes on the role of his watcher. This guy becomes a vampire slayer. They haven't used him in the comics recently. And then the arc ends, literally it's like, I think like three or four issues where it's just focused on him in the comics. And it ends with Buffy and Willow coming to greet him and like welcome him into the fold. And he's just so excited. And for me, 
that's something I would love to see as a show. Like, we don't get Buffy or anyone, you know, maybe it's not even Sam Rashad Gallagher, who knows if she would want to come back, but we don't get, maybe in the first episode, we get a reference to Buffy, but, like, we have a whole season where there's, like, nothing, and then at the very end of the final episode that first season, we get a cameo from one of the big characters, and they're like, hey, welcome to the fold. This is... These are these other Slayers, even if it was just Kennedy, who I do not hate as much as everyone else hates. Like, her being like, hey, the, I'm I'm a Slayer too. Like, these are other Slayers. Um, like, that would work for me 100%, and I would fucking love it. So I just feel like an opportunity like that? I, I don't know. I, I remember reading that arc, and it is a little, it gets a little sticky because it's like, oh, because he's a man, he's not actually a vampire Slayer, but he gets, like, imbued with the power somehow. I don't know. Um... But, like, that's fine. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like shows with Buffy, shows like Buffy and, you know, especially something like Doctor Who, the science and the, like, technicalities don't matter as much. <laughs> when well, you're Ian, you're bringing, you're bringing up something very important. You <laughs> loved that because you felt seen, right? Yeah. You yeah. got to insert yourself into the Buffyverse, which is you have loved for decades. Yeah. And so I just want to be very, very clear about this. I am 100% totally on board for a black slayer yes. run by monica owusu Breen because yeah. i think she's going to slay pardon the pun um <laughs> i think it's incredibly important and i as much as i'm squeaky about reboots itself i do realize that bringing that character into the buffy verse does bring with it a built-in audience um which is important because we need these characters in our world I'm just still waiting till we can talk about Joss. That's all I'm here for. That's what I'm here gonna... about. And well, I'm, just stew- I... I'm just stewing over here waiting to talk <laughs> about That's it. my next question. So okay. do you want to start, Dana, talking about Joss? I'm already nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you nervous, Ian? <laughs> um, because one day I would like to have him on the podcast. I will be very, I'll be very uh, diplomatic, okay? okay. I feel... <laughs> that with the things that have come to light in the last few years, I have concerns about Joss being the, the, the name and the power behind another story reflecting young women. Because I, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, we would be having a different conversation. Right. But things have changed, and um, that as a woman, as as a person who has a lot of younger uh, women followers, that is something that concerns me. I mean, we all know what's been going on, and so that's that's my issue. I'm just concerned about his involvement um, changing the narrative to Joss versus making it about this new uh, this new Slayer. Well, hopefully his involvement will be very minimal. He also has another show coming out on HBO that kind of sounded like that would be getting a lot of his attention. And I mean, despite feelings about him, like if he's sort of in name only, I don't know, does that lessen the blow? So I'm hoping and what I'm thinking from what I'm reading is that hopefully his executive producer credit is like a vanity credit because... He created the show and that it he, it might not mean that he's super involved. And obviously, I don't want him to be on set. I don't want him to be super involved. And I think that um, 
like we need to have a conversation about like what it means for men to be having chances in the age of me too and stuff like that but i it also it kind of reminds me in a lot of ways about the conversations that people have been having about ryan murphy and pose and how for so many of his other shows like ryan murphy had a lot of transphobic storylines on nip tuck and they were really really bad and like Mm -hmm. they had a he had a lot of terrible HIV storylines. Jesus Christ on 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 Nip Tuck too. <laughs> really? And that show is a mess. And I secretly like Nip Tuck, but I only like the first like three seasons. But it's such a mess. <laughs> you know, I'm glad that he was what he is. Is he's a white man in a position of power like Joss, and he's able to give access to someone like Monica or in. Um, Ryan's case, Stephen Canals, who's the Afro-Latino man who um, created Pose and wrote it while he was in graduate school at UCLA. You know, so he was able to give access to Stephen and then now Our Lady J and Janet Mock. And then Janet Mock became the first trans woman to write and direct an episode of Network TV. So that is really important. So I'm hoping that it's just that Joss opened the door for other people. I hope that's the case because Monica has... Is like I mean you couldn't really pick a better dream showrunner than her for this project. I mean she's got the sci-fi cred big time. She has been you know active and involved in so many things for so many years. Like I'm I'm super geeked about her involvement and it's about damn time that people in power are giving are <laughs> stepping aside and letting people um, you know like you're just talking with Pose and this you know take those opportunities because it's 2008 you know 18 is it is it 2018 it's 2018 and i am ready yeah i mean what it makes me think of paul um (laughs) (laughs) makes me think of like american dad and how you know it's created and produced by seth seth mcfarlane which is whatever but like the best seasons of that show were the showrunner was Nanachka Khan, who does uh, Fresh Off the Boat. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a much better show than Family Guy because it is this creation by a man that is helmed by a queer woman of color. Um, so you take the power that this man has given you and then you get to, you know, queer it up. And I would love, I mean, if there's any qualm I have with Buffy, the original series, it's just that it's so white. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like the the whitest. (laughs) I mean, mean, and compared to other shows that were on the WB and then the the CW at the time, like, it was diverse (laughs) compared to those shows. Yeah. But, But if we're talking about today, like, it would really have leaps and bounds and miles to go to to live up to some of the diversity we're seeing today and i think yeah having this uh black woman being the showrunner would just change um the tone of the show in a way that i think would be positive and i think would also really separate it from the from the original iteration it would just have to be something completely different Absolutely. Yeah, uh, this is Wes. And to just bump on that and then to ask a big question that I think we have is like the elephant in the room is, uh, yeah, seeing that diversity, I think, too, is like really important for like, especially for kids like me. I grew up in the Midwest where there wasn't a lot of diversity in my own school. So just being able to see that, uh, you, you, but you did see that someone on the CW, Nickelodeon shows, Disney, stuff like that. So 
yeah, it's just important for even if that's not your environment or that that's not where you come from, yeah. to be able to see that and realize that you can relate to characters that may not look exactly like you is super important. Uh, and here's the thing. We've been talking about this whole thing without asking the question. It's been tearing me up, burning inside me this whole time we've been talking. My God. Do you actually think Sarah Michelle Gellar will come back as Buffy? P.S. I don't. I, I think she <laughs> That's would. That's just my. I think she would in the way, because I don't know if any of you actually watched it, uh, The Cruel Intentions like pilot. I think she would be willing to do that. No. Um, the Cruel Intentions pilot is not that good, but I don't know why it didn't. It's like not bad. It's not like bad compared to like Riverdale or something. Like it's. I'm like, oh, I would have watched this. I don't think it was any better or worse than like something like Riverdale. It just wasn't as beautifully shot as Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that she would come back for roles like that, where it's like, okay, you can have me on set for like two days and I can film whatever you need me to do, but that's it. Like, I think she might do something like that. Right. Like yeah. she appears in like the penultimate episode yes. of the first season, like to advise the yeah. player on something. Yeah. I bet if you she- ask, five years ago she'd say no fucking way but i have seen her really really embrace her buffiness in the last few years Mm -hmm. and so i i agree with ian i think she probably would do exactly that yeah really i'm excited then i didn't think she would want to have anything to do with that i didn't realize she kind of shifted her she did i think that she yeah um like champ at the bit for a chance to be on TV and um, better start buying those food stir boxes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause I just think, you know, she's moved into sort of being trying to be this um, lifestyle person. And I think that's what actresses do when they're not getting work. And so I think that she's not going to say no to work. Um, and unfortunately Buffy isn't a show that like, uh, is majorly in syndication and that like she gets a lot of money for um, and you know uh, Freddie does all the those like that voice work for a lot of the Star Wars video games yeah so I think they need they I'm sure they live a very comfortable life in right. LA but like at a certain point like you need something to keep that going yeah and yeah she has before she was like i don't want to be boxed into this and then she realized that like it was a little late for that to make that decision so now (laughs) yeah so i like like dan was saying i've seen her go from like don't even mention buffy to being like don't you love buffy (laughs) yeah happy birthday buffy yeah yeah Matthew, what do you think? Do you think she would do it? I oh, I think she would. I, I mean, it's funny because my designs for the character are not things that she would do. Like, I would love to see Buffy because obviously we're in a world of of many slayers now. So, like, I would love to see, like, Buffy has gone dark or, like, gone over to the bad side or something. Like, <laughs> Buffy is the head of, like, a secret militia of slayers that's trying to do something evil. <laughs> I don't want that. 
How uh, dare what? you be smirched Buffy's name? <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, like, I think I just have less marriage to the character having to be good or, like, just because she, I don't know, like, I'm kind of, like, I think Buffy at one point gets, like, tired of being good all the time. And she's like, there's so many slayers or something. And she just falls in with the wrong crowd. And she is, I don't know, she's using her power for bad at one point. And maybe the new slayer has to, like, defeat her. <laughs> Okay, so I get tired of being good all the time too, though. But it's sometimes it's just the the, the, the cross thing. we bear. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this leads me to my question that I already know the answer to. Um, if you had to pick like a side character, like if we're saying no one would come back aside from like maybe like a ten minute cameo, if you had to pick a side character who wasn't a main character to come back, who would you pick? And I'm gonna give my answer first because in the comics, I really loved what they've done with Harmony and Clem. He's, like, her personal assistant. And, like, he's kind of coded as gay, but he's not, like, out or anything. But he's just kind of, like, her assistant. He does everything for her. And she's become, like, a celebrity, like, a reality star. And she always has, like, chihuahuas. For me, that would be the ideal nod to the show. They could be, like... They could have her have her own reality show. And we see the Slayer watching it. And maybe that's the only time we see Harmony and Clem. She does an appearance somewhere. And the Slayer goes to see her at a signing. But for me, that would be the ideal, like, throwback characters. Well, I mean, I already threw Michelle yeah. into the mix. But if it wasn't Michelle, it has to be Faith. <laughs> I mean, it has to be Eliza. <laughs> uh, Matthew? Um, well, don't say no one. Clear that... What? <laughs> I said, and don't say no one. <laughs> Why would I say no one? I have, like, eight people lined up. <laughs> um, I mean, the obvious choice is... Tara's cousin Beth, played by Amy Adams. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Beth needs to come back. <laughs> um, no, um, actually, I was going to say Harmony. Um, but if I wanted to say a different answer, I would probably say... Um, in, no, actually, Harmony is the, is the best answer. That's the best answer. Um, yeah. Paul? Yeah, I was going to say Harmony. Wes? I, it, yeah. yeah, Harmony's great, and I'm trying to think of, I know it's not Jonathan, but the who was his little gay friend with the oh, blonde Andrew. hair? Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> He's so cute. Bring him back in somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Get him on. Andrew could probably be a watcher by now, too. Yeah. 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 I would be into Andrew that. I just feel like watcher is just like the go-to, like, okay, they're a watcher now. Yeah, they're a watcher now. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be any job criteria. Like, I feel like you just like know the Slayer and don't have superpowers, right? <laughs> right. Like, and if you grow up in Sunnydale, everyone's automatically like a watcher, right? Like your mom well, and dad have to be a watcher because like they got to make sure a vampire's not murdering you. Right. Well, if your qualifications like... are, I grew up on the Hellmouth, then <laughs> I think the job is yours. Um, but like, there's mention obviously in the show of there being another Hellmouth in Cleveland, yeah. right? Yeah. So I would prefer whatever iteration whether it's a reboot or revival to not play take place in sunnydale like i'd rather be a more urban area um with more going on because i think sort of going back to what you were saying matthew about like especially if it's black slayer like the times we're living in like i don't really want to see a suburban like girl dealing with like just these things i want to see her dealing with like real life things on top of these things uh, I, don't, 
I don't think we have to worry about that because last I checked, Sunnydale was just a smoldering hole in the oh, ground, right. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm saying if it's a reboot. Yeah. Right. Um, so maybe that's a good question to end on for everyone is because we're heading at the, at the hour mark. So maybe a good question is, let's say you were in the room and you, you were able to give one suggestion for the reboot revival that could that had to be taken, no questions asked. What's the one thing that you would insert into the show? I, I heard that Allison Hannigan said she would actually be hurt. Yes. If they did some kind of Buffy anything without her so i think you know willow is the way to go on that one i just don't think you can go wrong with having willow being a part of the show i would say like an extremely amazingly wonderfully diverse cast um obviously we have a woman of color lead but like i i want it to be really reflective of the world we live in yeah Mm -hmm. Um. Um, Paul, you go first. I want Buffy or the Slayer, whoever she may be, to be bisexual. I... Oh, God. What was the question again, Matthew? (laughs) If you could do one... If you could have one say on the show and, like, no one could change it, like, what would you want to see on the show? Can I, like, cheat and already use what I want it to be? Like, I want it to be a continuation. I want it to be in that universe... Even if it's not starring anyone from the show, I just want it to be in the universe because I I just think the lore, like we've gotten a lot of it, the mythology, um, and we already know it because I'm also a really hard sell on an origin story. I don't know why, especially like superhero origins and like, well, Buffy isn't quote unquote a superhero. She kind of is. Um, and I would love a world where I don't need to watch her train, watch the Slayer learn about you know, maybe she learns about the Slayer stuff, but we already know it, so it's like doesn't have to be beaten over our heads. Uh, and for me, that makes for a better like sci-fi, supernaturally superhero-ish type show. Is when the world is the world, and you know, like I I know a lot of people don't watch it, so but Agents of Shield for me, I like it because a uh, lots of times we don't need to be explained because it's all like, oh, there's this god, oh, there's this you know, sorcerer. Sure, we already know these things exist because there's a million superhero movies. Uh, And I kind of like that in my, like, nerdy shows. So even if it was like, Ian, you have to pick either Sam Rashad Gallagher can cameo as, you know, Fluffy, the former Slayer, to this (laughs) Buffy, or it's a continuation in the universe, I'd be like, nope, ditch Sam Rashad Gallagher, we'll do a continuation of the universe. Okay. Um, and also maybe have Joss hire me to be in the writer's room <laughs> or whoever does the hiring. Um, yeah. So I they... would say that I want one character from the previous show to come back and be evil. <laughs> um, because I also think Giles would be good if it was like Giles had become the head of the watchers, but then he was also evil. I just like good people becoming evil. I also, don't like that. <laughs> um, I want I would sit them down and be like, "Listen, all of you need to figure out how the fuck magic works. Is it drugs? <laughs> is it gay? What is? <laughs> is because... it drugs or is it gay? That's the new T-shirt for Slayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is magic? What is, magic? is it drugs? Is it, is it gay? 
<laughs> and then that line in the in season seven where Willow all of a sudden is like, "All oh, magic is based on physics," and you're like, "What? <laughs> when? <laughs> when? <laughs> when? I don't know about you, but I've never been addicted to physics." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right uh, so are we there at the end matthew i think we are right yes yeah yes i was about to ask you all what your favorite scene and uh outfit were but clearly that's not i um... think i wore the best outfit <laughs> i would agree that was my favorite outfit um <laughs> i've seen dana's funko pop and that's what i picture now so i'm picturing that so I'm, I'm gonna pick dana for best outfit <laughs> Yes, I'm totally wearing a velvet suit in my office upstairs <laughs> on a Sunday. For a favorite so, scene, I'm going to say Amy Adams calling Tara a selfish bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the best scene. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, if you like our podcast, feel free to subscribe to us and rate us on iTunes. Um, we are on SoundCloud and Stitcher and Google Play. Uh, if you want to follow our podcast on Twitter, we are at SlayerFestX98. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at IanXCarlos. If you want to follow me, I am Matthew Rodriguez on Twitter with one T, a G, and a Z. And let's do Paul first. Okay, if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can just look for Sailor Bluto, like Sailor Pluto, but Bluto, like from Popeye. I'm a big beefy man. <laughs> <laughs> and Dana. Uh, you can follow me at Dana Pickley. That's two C's, one L, and that's me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you guys can listen to me weekly on the Richard Rich and Westover show. We talk about all sorts of geeky stuff. We also talk shit about Hollywood and ask a sex question every week. On Twitter, I'm at Westover. Alright guys, thank you so much for doing this and thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.